Well, we, um, we've been in a series on Wednesday nights called Hearing From Him, and we're in part four, I believe. We spent um, a good amount of time last week uh, talking about the inward witness, and we're going to pick up there tonight. If you, if you missed the first few messages, I encourage you to go listen to them. They will help you, and we can't go back and repeat everything that we um, covered so far, but they build on one another. Uh, but we will uh, hook up with where we were and, and, and move on. Uh, Romans 8, verse 14. You guys are believing with me tonight. I have so much here, and I don't know that we could get through all this, but uh, we need to cover the right things and, and uh, in the right order. And so be believing with me. We don't want to just preach to preach. This isn't a talk, you know. It's not a TED talk or talk where you just try to get done in, in so many minutes, or, or uh, just uh, natural human reasoning. This is the Word of God, and we want to get the right things. Romans eight fourteen. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. How many of you say, I am a son, daughter of God, I'm a child of God? Then we are led by Him. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In the um, New Living Translation, it says, for all who are led by the Spirit, are children of God. All who are led by the Spirit are children of God. Verse 16 says, For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. In the, the Common English Bible, it says, All who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. All who are led by God's Spirit are His sons and daughters. So if you're a child of God, if you're a son or daughter of God, we can be led by Him. If you're led by His Spirit, you're a child of God. It's, it says that here. And if you're a child of God, you should be expecting to be led by Him. Uh, verse 16 says, The same Spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. The same Spirit, God's Spirit, agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. In the Amplified Classic, it says, The Spirit Himself... Uh, thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. The Spirit of God, he, he agrees or He testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. This is how we know we are children of God. You know by the Word. You know that the Word of God it tells us how to be born again if you've acted on that. Then you know that you're a child of God. But also the Spirit bears witness, comes alongside and testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. And so this is how He leads us. He is bearing, the, the same way He lets us know that we're His children, that we're His child, is the way that we can know His will for our life in every area. This is the main way He leads His children. God leads His children. Of course, He leads us by His Word, and we covered that. If you, you, he will never, the Spirit of God will never lead you uh, in a way that violates His Word. 
So if you ever have something that you believe God's told you, but you can think of a scripture that contradicts that, then either you've missed God and it's not God speaking or you're misunderstanding the scripture. But he will never tell you to do something. The Spirit of God will never tell you to do something that contradicts what he's already placed in his word. And thank God we have both. We have the Word, and we have the Spirit. We have the written Word, but the written Word does not tell you every specific um, instance for your life. It doesn't tell you what to do in every instance for you personally. In other words, it doesn't tell you who to marry. It doesn't tell you where to live. It doesn't tell you what job to take. You know, the Bible it talks in generalities, principles that you can use to guide those decisions. It does not tell you the exact person. Couldn't possibly. You know? Uh, there's no way that could all, all be there. But thank God we have the Spirit of God to let us know and to lead us in these areas. Uh, real quick, uh, this is a few scriptures down, but um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we went over these last week, but just going over a few of these scriptures that we went over. We read in uh, Romans 8.16, it says, uh, Spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit. So, that's the part of, of us that he testifies with. He doesn't testify with our head. He doesn't testify with our body. In verse um, 23 in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body as, as people. We are a spirit. We are a spirit being. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you, you live in a body. Our body is just our earth suit. It's just what we get around in here on this earth. But the part of, of, of our being that God is going to bear witness with is that he's going to lead us by is our spirit, not our head, not our flesh. And that's important to know, you know, as we're getting into these things, we need to understand it's our spirit that's being led. That's how we're contacting God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So which part of us became new when we were born again? It's our spirit. Our, our flesh didn't become new. We didn't become babies again when we became born again. Our mind didn't become new. It didn't become erased and reset. Of course, you have to renew your mind, uh, change what's in your mind, change it out with what is in the Word of God, and that's a process. But it didn't happen like this when we became born again. On the other hand, our spirit did change immediately. It, it was dead and it became alive, recreated in Christ. Now that's the part that we receive direction from, from God. That's how we contact the spiritual realm. That's how we uh, relate uh, to the Lord in the Spirit of God. Uh, let's look at John 10, verse 1. We, we did go through these some, but I want to read these as we move forward. John 10, verse 1. Jesus is speaking here. And he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, 
he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Notice that. He's going to say the same things in different ways a number of times through this passage. Notice this. The sheep follow him and they know his voice. The sheep are us, he's referring to. Children of God. We read that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit, us being the children of God. Here Jesus is saying um, that His sheep follow Him and they know His voice. Verse 5, they will by no means follow a stranger. We don't have to be concerned that we're going to follow the wrong voice if we understand how He's speaking to us and we get to know His voice, then we can become more and more confident, that's Him. I know His voice. How many of you, you know, there are people that you know, maybe your spouse, maybe your brother, maybe your sister, they could, they could be walking in the room, but you don't see them, and they call out to you, and maybe they're not, they haven't been around and they just walked in and surprised you and called out your name, there are people that you would know their, that, that voice anywhere. If they picked up the phone and you heard their voice calling you, even if you didn't have caller ID, you, you would immediately know who they were. Do you have people like that? That's how, just like you know their voice is the way we get to know God's voice by hearing it over and over. And it's really becoming, as we get to recognize it, then... <clears throat> It's not a big deal. Do you struggle with the person that you were just thinking of or people you're thinking of? Do you struggle to ascertain and identify their voice? Do you say, oh, well, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. Is that, is that somebody, you know, just off the street or is that my brother that I've known for, you know, how many decades? You're not struggling because you, you, you know him, right? Well, that's how we, as we get to know God's voice, then there's not the struggle, and we can learn, what, one of the, the things I believe we're, we're going to be getting out uh, you know, as we um, go through these messages is learning to identify His voice and become more clear on what is Him and what's not Him. And like we said in the original, uh, you know, our first session, if we can learn to identify His voice and hear Him, we have it made. How many would you, of you would agree, God knows everything, he knows way more than we do. He knows what we need. He knows our future. He knows our path, our past. He knows where we're going to be in three years and five years. He knows where our kids are going to be. He knows what job we need. He knows the connections we need. He knows where we're supposed to live, all this stuff. So if we can learn to know what he's telling us, and he knows where we need to be, and he's a good God, and he's not going to mislead us. So if I can understand what he's saying to me, I have it made. If I can understand and hear God on a subject, then He's going to lead me in exactly the right way I need to go so that I am, I am on a good path in life. So this is one of the most important things we can ever learn, is how to hear Him. Because what, what He tells us to do will always work. Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things he had spoken to him. Verse 7, then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. The th 
I am the door, okay, if anyone enters by me, he will, save, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's talking about Satan. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So, so there is a thief. There is a stranger. The thief here has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants destruction. Satan wants destruction for the people of God. God is a good shepherd. Jesus is a good shepherd. And he said, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So God wants us to have it good. Satan wants to kill us. And just like God wants to, to lead us and guide us, Satan wants to lead you and guide you too. But his path, the path that he leads you, will always lead to destruction. Verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not know the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Verse 13, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. So Jesus just said, I know you and you know me. Everybody say, I know him. Everybody say, I can hear his voice. Say that again. I can hear his voice. Say this. Say, I know the voice of God. Now, you need to say that whether you feel like it or not. You may feel like, I just, if you only knew the decisions I've just made or where I've come from. And you may do that totally. Your head may be against you. But what did Jesus just say? He just say, my sheep know me. So we need to agree with what he said. Because he's right. Right? I don't care if we missed it the last five times. That's exactly the right, the, 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 the most important time to say what God says. Say, no, I hear him. I know his voice. I won't follow the wrong voice. I hear him. Verse 15, as the father knows me, even so I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep and the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them I must also bring and they will hear my voice. That's us, the Gentiles, because he's talking to Jewish people. And there will be one flock, flock and one shepherd. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. There he said it again. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand, or my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. He said, no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Now notice Jesus has said, my sheep hear my voice. He said they won't hear the voice of a stranger. He said there is a thief that's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that my children, my sheep, may have a, a life and life more abundantly. And he said multiple times, my sheep hear my voice. And here he said, no one can snatch my, my sheep out of my hand. And so we can know from the scripture, and we're going to read a lot more here, that it is possible to know God's voice, to follow Him, to be led by Him, to, to walk in His plan, and to avoid the snares and the deception of the devil. 
we can avoid following his voice. We can avoid following the snares that he would try to uh, set and try to, to entrap us or anybody else with. There are people all over the world that have fallen for his snares and are actually listening to him. Some of them think they're listening to God. There are people all over the world. False religions are devil-made. You say they're man-made, but man had help. And some of them think they're so smart because they figured out something new and they don't understand all along. The enemy is just helping them and deceiving them, but then they believe it's, it's God. We're not talking about Christians. As a Christian, you can know you have the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you to bear witness with what's Him. See, we're not in the dark. We're not bumbling around. You have the Spirit of God to bear witness and say, Yep, that's me. Yep, that aligns with my word. And to get to know that voice, so even though we're navigating in this world that is full of, of darkness and, and, and people that have listened to lies and we have an enemy, we can still walk confidently knowing that we can hear Him and that we will hear Him and boldly stand up and say, I do hear Him. And don't have to be scared that we're going to miss it. And don't have to be scared that we're going to listen to something that's not Him. We have the Word, the, the Spirit of the living God, the, 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 um, the Holy Spirit resident on the inside of us to lead us and guide us and help us in these affairs. And Satan can't counterfeit that. He can counterfeit a lot of stuff out here, but he cannot counterfeit the voice on the inside of you. When I say voice, I'm not talking about literally something you hear, but like we've been saying, the inward witness, this bearing witness with. Now, I want to get into a few things uh, specifically um, this evening. Look at Colossians 3.15. We did read this too, but kind of uh, segueing into where we want to go this evening. Uh, Colossians 3.15 It says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which, you, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. The Amplified says, let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Let the, the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, the deciding and settling finality, all questions that arise in your minds, in that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ's one body, you were also called to live. Notice it says, Let the peace... Uh, let the peace from Christ rule or act as an umpire continually. That means the peace of God is to act as the deciding factor. You know what an umpire is, like in baseball, the ones that call balls or strikes. The ball comes in, the batter may think that's a ball, but if the umpire says it's a strike, it's a strike. Now the guy can argue and he may find himself out of the game for the rest of the time if he gets the guy, you know, they're, they're not going to change their call. He's the one that decides out, in, ball, strike, fair, 
foul. This is saying, let the peace of God be that umpire. Help us to decide what is God, what is not, what decision we do. We, we talked about that inner witness, that peace, some last week. The peace of God. God's direction is always going to be peaceful. Did you hear me? God's direction, how He's leading you, is going to be peaceful. God is not nervous. God is not afraid. He's not anxious. He's not a driver. He's not worried about being late. God's direction will be peaceful. We're not to be led by fear. We're not to be led by pressure. We're not to be led by deadlines. We're not to be led by, oh my gosh, we got to just do something. That's a bad reason to do something. Somebody do something. Well, that could go a number of ways, depending on what somebody decides to do. Just doing something is not necessarily a good thing. Right? But you know, there's pressure sometimes. Just do something. What if the right thing to do is just sit? God's not anxious. Did you hear me? God... When you're hearing from Him, it's going to be peaceful. We're talking about identifying how to hear from Him, right? God is not a driver. Well, we got to get it done. We just got to get it done. We gotta, it's for the glory of God. We got to get it done. That's not God. How long has God been around? Forever? I'm not saying the things of God aren't important and, he does, and you don't put priority, but if God knew something was coming for 20 years and then all of a sudden we think we got to get it done yesterday, don't you think he could have started ahead of time enough to get us on time? Yeah, but we're going to miss it. What does that sound like? Does that sound like peace? Or does it sound like we're going to lose something so we better act? We're not supposed to be led by other people's expectations. Well, so-and-so, I mean, they're going to think I'm, you know, this isn't, I'm not given the right image, or is that the right, is that being led by God? Who cares what people think? I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, within a limited... Of course, you, you care what other people think, but you shouldn't be led by it. Is, being, is doing something because somebody expects it of you the same as being led by God? Is doing something because you think you might miss out on something the same as being led by God? How about a sale? Surely God wants us to save money. We've got to act now. Wait, what is a sale designed to do? Oh, make you spend your money. Oh, but there's a sale. It must be God. Well, 
were you already planning on buying the thing anyway? I'm not saying, you could, you could run in and you're planning on it, oh, thank God there's a sale, and you were already doing it, you have a piece about it, and you get it. But what is the umpire? It's peace, it's not the sale. There's a difference. Anybody ever bought something on sale that then sat in your closet forever because you didn't really like it, but it was so cheap you had to get it? So was that you saving money or actually spending money that you could have spent somewhere else because you never actually had any benefit of spending that money? So what were you led by, the sale or peace? We ought to be led by peace. And God's voice, God's leading, is always going to be peace. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things are all good things. They're all oh, peaceful things. They're all things that are godly. God, in, in his, as He leads us and guides us in our thinking, as He guides us in direction, it is going to be peaceful. It's not going to be hectic, and it's not going to be pressured. One way you can determine if something is not the Lord is if you feel pushed, pressed, if you're acting out of fear, if you're ever trying to avoid something, you're being led by fear, not God. And Satan, he leads by fear. And you trying to avoid something can push you right into the thing you're trying to avoid. That's not the same as being led by peace. You being led because you're anxious about something, I gotta just, I gotta act. Satan will try to drive you to act out of turn. But God never will. God is calm. I, let me read you a few scriptures here. You don't have to turn to these, but let me read you these quick, and you can jot them down. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, anything that's not sound mind, anything that would be anxiety, anything that would be like, we got to act now, it can be like, it can be fear. It can be trying to drive you rather than lead you. God will not drive you, He'll lead you. Romans, um, Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, if you're spiritually minded, if you're going with what God would have you to do, again, it's going to be peaceful. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. If you're being led by God... 
and knowing, trusting him, and looking to his plan, he's going to keep you at peace. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. If you're believing God, if you're believing He's leading you, if you're believing I am a child of God, I can hear His voice, and I, I am being led by Him, you're going to have joy and you're going to have peace. Something like, I can't, why can't I hear God? I'm trying, I, I don't know, I, I, I've been trying to figure out how to, to make right decisions, and I tried to do this, and this guy didn't call me back, and I called these three people, and there's only one, and what, what's going on? Is that peace? How are you going to find the voice or the direction of God in that? You're, you, see, you might start being pushed. Well, i got to do something. God, where are you? And what is that? Is that peace? It's not peace. So we can start eliminating potential directors or things that would try to lead us out, we can say, wait a minute, I don't care how good that looks, I'm going to get, I'm going to wait till I know that it's peaceful and that I, I'm hearing God. God's not in a hurry. I'm going to say that again. God is not in a hurry. We get in a hurry. And when we're in a hurry, when we're pressured, when we feel, uh, a pressure to act, then we can make wrong decisions and we actually set ourselves up to be led by the devil. By confusion, by fear, by chaos, he, is, he can try to stir things up to drive you into destruction. He is, remember, he is trying to get God's children out, uh, uh, out of God's plan and into where he can destroy, but he can't just snatch us out of the Father's hand. He's got to get us to agree with him and go after him. God, the devil is not that powerful. Let me just settle something. It, if the devil could just kill you and take you out, why hasn't he done it already? Think about it. If he is, if he's been whispering things in your head and trying to tell you you're going to go down, you're going to go down, and this is going to happen. You, we need to get back in his face and say, okay, bad boy, why didn't you do it already? If you can just take me out any time, why didn't you do it last year? Why didn't you do it two years ago? Because he can't. Do you know how he tries to get people into destruction? Threatening them like that to get them to act. It's like, you know, Trying to, you set a trap for some animal and you scare them over here to get them to run right into the net over here. Can't get them to go directly in the net, but if you can get them scared and moving or pressured and anxiety and anxious and not looking, you can be led. That's how the devil leads people. That's not how God leads people. God leads, help me out, how does he lead us? By peace. The path that we're on, if we're listening to God, it's going to be peaceful. Just so, it, if it's not peaceful, we ought to take a step back and go, well, God, I'm going to sit here and get direction from you till I know I'm at peace because you're not anxious, so I'm, I don't care if there's 15 people yelling at me and calling me and telling me i got to move. Now, there are times you have to make a decision. Don't get me wrong, but... Don't, you can get quiet at any time and say, Lord, 
What do we need to do on this? But, but differentiate between the times you actually have to move and the times somebody's pressuring you to move. Those are two different things. There are not that many instances where it absolutely has to be done now. People like to send emails. They like to do, send, you know, leave voicemails and send the... Have you ever had a, a, a situation where you felt really pressured to do something and you busted your rear end to get everything done and when it came into the other person's court, it was sitting there for a week? You don't have to raise your hand. Probably everybody in here. And you realized, oh... It, it wasn't actually an emergency. That They were just trying to get me to move. That happens all the time. People are, can be manipulative. But if we're listening to God, we won't be manipulated. Satan pushes. Let me read you one more scripture, or not one more, but another scripture along these lines. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. Notice the language. Notice what, you know, think about heaven. <clears throat> we don't know everything about heaven. But what we do see is not chaos. Think about what you know of heaven. Do you imagine it right now to be people running around, flailing with their hands in the air, screaming and yelling at each other and traffic jams and it's just chaos? Is that what you think of when you think of heaven? You know, when somebody says, this is heaven on earth, is that what they're talking about? They're in a traffic jam, they're like, this is heaven. No, you're thinking of what? Calm, peace, rest, no stress, right? Well, look at this. Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to what? Freak out. No. I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek. He's gentle. He's not a taskmaster. And humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. Does that sound like chaos? Is that fear? Is that pressure? Are you getting the picture? This, this is how, he's the good shepherd, this is how he leads. Part of identifying is him leading us is realizing his way of leading is not freaking out. So we may have had different experiences at jobs, with parents, or whatever, and when they want something done, the atmosphere gets ratcheted up. There might be, you know, depending on the situation, could be yelling, could be you're going to lose your job, whatever. But God, who has all authority, is not like this. And if He wants you to do something, He's not going to press you and push you. It says, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, not sharp, pressing, but it's comfortable and gracious and pleasant. 
and my burden is light and easy to be born. Let's read that last part again. My yoke is wholesome, it's useful, it's good, it's not harsh. If you feel like, God, I'm trying to do it, you're just putting me, you're taxing me. With everything that we've seen so far, does that sound like God? That's not Him. I said that's not Him. We may have been told it was Him. We may have listened to thoughts that said this is the way God is. God, the things of God are important and you need to get them. Well, the things of God are important, but God's not nervous. He's not freaking out. His things are very important, but this is what He's like. Who would you want to work for? Somebody like this or... We, we want to we be with people that are calm, like this, godly. Useful, good, not harsh, hard, or sharp, or pressing, pressing, get it done, get it done. This is important. Not God. God doesn't sound like that. Did you hear me? We're, we're, we're differentiating what, what does God, how does he lead, and, and we'll get into it more. How does the enemy lead? But comfortable. Could it be just comfortable following the plan of God? Oh, it's always stressful. It's always, you got to have pedal to the metal if you're going to live for God. Watch that. You'll wear out before your time, too. Somebody said it like this. You have to disobey God in order to burn out. You have to disobey what God is actually telling you to do in order to burn out. And think about it. What God said he, with long life, he would satisfy us and show us, show us his salvation. Oh, but I got to get it done. I'm a mover and shaker. We got to get it done. Yeah, and pretty soon you're going to be dead too. I mean, after decades, if Jesus tarries and doesn't come back, I believe it's getting close. Don't get me wrong. But if he doesn't come back for another 150 years, there won't be a person in here that's still alive. And just go, go, go. We got to get it. Is it you or is it God's plan? Because the world operates this light, right? You can, you can go online and get however many books on, I'm not against time management, thank God you can learn principles and getting things done, but the world will have any number of things to tell you what you need to do in order to be successful and get stuff done. How many of them in secular tell you the first thing you need to do is hear from God? Because you could do 15 things and it's the wrong thing to do. And they'll say, well, you got to get your priorities straight. Yeah, but what if your priorities aren't aligned with his priorities? You just need to find out what he wants you to do, and you got it made. All the other noise and you know, pressure and everything would just be a waste of time. Well, we got to get stuff done, but what are we getting done? Are we doing the right thing? Because if we're doing it with him, it can be comfortable. This, this is totally contrary to the way that most of the world thinks. Most companies are not run this way. I'm not talking about lazy. Comfortable gracious, pleasant. This is the Christ. This is the king. There is no higher authority. This is the way he does business. He's the good shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They won't follow somebody else. Well, you know, you get comfortable with this. Anything that's not this is going to start sticking out. Wait a minute. You don't sound like Jesus. You don't sound comfortable. You sound like you're trying to push me. You sound like all the stuff he's not. I don't think, I know that's not the voice of God. See, that's what we're supposed to start understanding. 
He said, my burden is light and easy to be born. Easy. Could you use the word easy? You're walking the Christian life and it's easy? Well, that sounds like you're doing something wrong. That's religion. Did you hear me? Those are men's ideas. But I, you know, I want to do everything I can for God. Okay, and this is the way we're supposed to do it. Are we God? Are we supposed to be burning out, doing, quote-unquote, working for Him? Are we supposed to find our place, do what we're called to do, and let God do the heavy lifting? He is good. He's not pressing. He's not hard. And His voice is always peaceful. And we can learn more to differentiate between anything that doesn't meet those criteria. We can say, wait a minute, there's something wrong, and I'm not going to fall into this trap. Now, I believe we'll get into more, you know, differentiating some of that stuff, but uh, I think that's good for tonight. Praise God. Let's go ahead, if you would, stand to your feet.